0: Grace be unto you and peace. Peace from God our Father and, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that we consider tonight is really basically the whole doctrine of the sacrament of holy baptism. Perhaps the word of God that we could begin with is the word of God that says, Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Your friends, I want you to think back to Sunday morning in the 10.30 service when six children were baptized. It was quite amazing to see them all gathered around the baptismal font, but did you notice that they were not baptized together? Oh, to be sure, they were together around the font with with their parents and, and with their grandparents and the sponsors were standing not too far behind, but they were not all baptized at the same time. Each one was baptized individually when water was poured over their head in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to talk about tonight in the second Midweek Advent service. We celebrate the fact that Jesus comes to us and he does that individually. Kind of interesting, when we talk about Jesus coming to us through the Word, he comes to us through the Word altogether together when we gather together. But when you come to be baptized, or when you come to receive the Lord's Supper, at that moment when the water is poured on you, at that moment when you eat the bread and drink the wine, Jesus is just coming to you and that's what we celebrate that through the sacrament of holy baptism Jesus comes to you. Now last week we began this midweek Advent sermon series with Pastor Nass explaining to us that Jesus comes today through what we call the means of grace. And there are a number of different ways to describe or illustrate what the means of grace are, but this is how I often do it in catechism because this is what was part of the old catechism. It uses the illustration of a water tower. How does the water that's in that big reservoir, how does that come to your home so that you personally can enjoy the benefits of water that washes you and keeps you alive? The answer is the pipeline. The pipes are the means or the instruments that that water comes from the tower to your home personally so that you can live with it and buy it. And that's really what the means of grace is. You see, the Holy Spirit has a pipeline by which He comes to our hearts, by which He creates faith, and by which then He gives to us all the blessings of salvation that Jesus won for us, the forgiveness of our sins, a new life under God, and eternal salvation itself. And what is the means of grace? It's simply the Gospel. It's the good news about who Jesus is and what he did to save us. That's the gospel. And the gospel comes to us in two forms. It basically comes to us in the form of the word or it comes to us in the form of the sacraments. Pastor Nass talked a little bit about that, a sacrament. That's, That's not a biblical word. It's a word that the church basically uses to describe what baptism and the Lord's Supper are. And what is a sacrament? Those of you who have gone through confirmation, you know this. It's a good review. A sacrament is a sacred act through which God gives to us the blessings of salvation. And the only sacraments that there are are baptism and the Lord's Supper. And we know that those are the only sacraments because those two things have three characteristics that nothing else has. One, the sacrament is instituted by Christ. In other words, we do it because Jesus told us to do it. Be baptized. Eat and drink in remembrance of me. Secondly, a sacrament has a visible earthly element connected with the word of God. In baptism, the element is water. In the Lord's Supper, it's bread and wine. And then thirdly, God attaches the promise that through baptism, And through the Lord's Supper, he comes to us to give us forgiveness, to strengthen our life, or give us life, and then assure us of our salvation. Well, tonight we want to take a look specifically at baptism, and when I have the privilege of teaching in a catechism class or in the Bible class, I I like alliteration as it's just a good way to remember things and hang your hat on it. And So tonight, tonight we want to take a look at a number of important Bible passages that speak about baptism and we're gonna try to do that by remembering words that begin with the letter C. The letter C. So the first Bible passage comes from Ephesians and it reads this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her to make her holy, and here are the key words, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word. That's what baptism is, a washing with water. And perhaps the C word that you could remember is that through baptism, God cleanses us. He washes us from our sins. And with with Luther we ask, well, how can water do such great things? And of course with Luther we answer, it's not the water that does such great things, but it is the word of God that is used with the water and faith that trusts the word that's used with the water. So through baptism, God washes away our sins. He cleans us. And unlike other things like our clothes and our hair and our dishes, that have to be washed again and again and again, you only have to be washed one time in the waters of baptism. And that washing, that cleaning lasts your whole lifetime. And it brings us tremendous comfort because it reminds us that whenever we fall into sin, and we fall into sin every day and often, we have the assurance that in baptism God has washed away all sins, not just the sins with which we were born, the sins that we commit each and every day, all the days of our life. And if you don't think that the waters of baptism through which Jesus comes to us personally don't bring assurance of forgiveness, then follow me to a hospital bed about 20 years ago in Watertown Hospital, where I was visiting a veteran of the cross a man who served as a pastor for over 40 years. He was afraid to die because his sins were haunting him. Yes, yes, pastors struggle with the guilt of their sin too. And it seemed that no matter what we said would bring him comfort until the day when a classmate of his reminded him, but pastor, you were baptized as a baby. And from that point on, God has washed you clean. That's what baptism is for us. And that's what Jesus comes to do when we are baptized. To wash us, to clean us from our sins. The second passage we want to take a look at, it comes from Galatians chapter 3. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. As we read this passage, we learn that in baptism, our Savior comes to us through His Holy Spirit and He puts some clothes on us. Cleans us, clothes us. And What kind of clothes did He put on us? He put on us the robe of Christ's righteousness. You see, in baptism, he not only cleans us of the sinful things that we do, he clothes us with the perfect things that Jesus does. Huh? And that's a great comfort and assurance to us that we are one with God because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And so, you see, what that means is when we stand before God's judgment throne. We don't have to be afraid of the nakedness of our sin. But we can be absolutely assured that by God's promise that he made to us in baptism and which we receive and believe by faith, we are clothed in the only clothes that can get us into heaven, the robe of Christ's righteousness. God gave that to you in your baptism. God cleans you. God clothes you. And now the next passage is from John chapter 3. Jesus says, Unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. The C word that I would use here is conversion. Conversion. Because conversion is simply a word that the Bible uses where God turned everything around in our life. By unbelief, we were headed toward hell, but when he brought us to faith, and for many of us that was in our baptism, he turned us around so that now we're headed toward heaven by faith in Jesus Christ. It's really talking about the miracle of being brought to faith. And the Bible uses many different words to picture that. And one of the pictures that God uses is a rebirth. That in baptism, we are born to eternal life. That in baptism, he gave us a new life, a life of faith in Jesus in this life that assures us that by that life in Jesus, we will have life in heaven above. Kind of interesting, I'd like to give you an illustration of how one Christian mother demonstrated that at the baptism party of her children. In Manitowoc, I had the privilege one Sunday to baptize three children of a Hmong family. They came from a different country. They could hardly speak English. What a joy it was. They were Lutheran Christians and members of our church. And after the baptism, she invited me and my family to her house for a baptism party. And on the way I kind of wondered what it was going to be like. But even though they came from a different country and a different culture, that baptism party wasn't much different than the other baptism parties I've gone to. The women were in the kitchen getting the food ready. The men were sitting in the living room drinking beer and talking smart. (laughs) And after supper, she brought out a big cake. And on the cake it said, Happy Birthday and it had the three names of the children that I baptized that day. (laughs) She probably understood baptism better than I did because she knew that the children to whom she gave birth were born again that day. God, through baptism, came to them and converted them to Christianity. They were born again of the Spirit, and by that promise, they would live forever. The next passage is a verse that comes from Romans 6-4. We were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Perhaps a good word that we could remember about baptism that starts with the letter C might be connect, but I'm going to use the word calling. You see, through baptism, Jesus comes to us through his Holy Spirit, and he connects us to Jesus' death and resurrection. And Luther used this passage to help us understand in the fourth part of baptism what our baptism means for us today, even though we were baptized years ago. And when we think about our baptism, we need to think of the connection to Jesus. What happened to Jesus after he rose from the dead? after he died. He was completely cut off from sin. When he came out of the grave, there would be no more temptations from the evil one. There would be no more being among the sick and the dying. There would be no more suffering for sin or dying on the cross. He had accomplished our salvation. And when he came out of the grave, he was completely cut off from the consequences of sin, living to the glory of God the Father. So when we think about our baptism that took place many years ago, we learn with Luther that our baptism is a calling, a reminder that each and every day is a day that we are to bury our sinful nature with repentance and that each and every day we are to arise by faith and live a new and holy life for Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me give you an example. When I was a little boy, I lived at a time when, when, when children went to church, they usually had one set of church clothes. Usually girls always had a church dress. Boys usually had dress slacks, and I wore a white shirt and a little tie. And what do you suppose a mom says to her children after they get their church clothes on? Wouldn't they say, "Now, don't go out and get that dirty? In baptism, God put on us the cloth of Christ's righteousness. And the fact that we are connected to Christ and he came to us in baptism to give us that role is a call to us not to get those church clothes dirty by going and playing out in the mud puddle of sin. And then the final passage from Titus 3.5. Paul writes, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. The C word that I think I would like to take from this passage is the word comfort. Through baptism, God saved us, and that is a daily comfort. How so? In baptism, He forgave my sins. He cleaned me. In baptism, He clothed me in the robe of Christ's Righteousness. In baptism, he brought me to faith that I could receive these gifts, and he has assured me of eternal life. I am his child. You are too. But unfortunately, what happens so often when I look in the mirror of God's law, I see that I don't often act or look like a redeemed child of God. Just like the prodigal son, I need to bow before my heavenly father and say, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven. I no longer deserve to be called your child. Have you ever had doubts about whether or not you're going to go to heaven when you die? Have you ever wondered whether God stopped loving you because many times we don't show him the love that he deserves? Have there been times when the guilt of your sin has so burdened you down, you feel like you're being buried by them? If so, then remember your baptism. Don't look at who you are and what you do in your daily life. Look at your Savior and who He is and what He did. And what He did is that He came to you in your baptism, He washed you clean, He also gave you his Holy Spirit so that by faith you are clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness. And in that baptism, which lasts your entire life, God gives you all the comfort that you need. That nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that you have every reason and all the power to live for him in this life. And you have God's assurance. That you will live with him in the life to come. That's because Jesus came to you in your baptism. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until.